You're listening to the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast, episode 33. It's time to look at weight loss in a whole new way. Instead of focusing on calories in, calories out, you'll learn how to use your brain to transform your body and heal your relationship with food. If you're ready to lose your weight for the last time, you're in the right place. Because it's more than what you eat. It's who you are when you're eating. This is the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast. Here's your host, life and weight loss coach, Dr. Michelle Tupman. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast. We've got Debbie Marielle Alzeo on the show today, and we're talking about all things sex. I'm excited about this one. You're going to hear all about my own struggles with sex and intimacy when I was at my heaviest weight, and also what my hubby and I did to heal ourselves around that. You're also going to hear what men actually want in the bedroom, the blocks that commonly get in the way of our sexual pleasure, and what you can do to have better, more fulfilling sex. Debbie Marielle's story is her inspiration. She endured a decade in a sex and love-starved, unhappy marriage before she learned how to create life-changing intimacy with her husband. As a former attorney, psychotherapist, and now intimacy, marriage, and sex coach, her passion as a romantic is to help others experience the divine pleasure of a loving, intimate relationship and physical bond. Her specialties include positive psychology and self-care, female sexuality and empowerment, sacred sexuality, and understanding and celebrating our masculine-feminine differences. So here it is, our interview with Debbie Marielle. I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Debbie Marielle Elzia. Her story is an inspiration. Debbie endured a decade in a sex and love-starved, unhappy marriage before creating life-changing intimacy with her husband. A former attorney, psychotherapist, and now intimacy, marriage, and sex coach, her passion as a romantic is to help others experience the divine pleasure of a loving, intimate relationship and physical bond. Debbie's specialties include positive psychology and self-care, female sexuality and empowerment, sacred sexuality and tantra, and understanding and celebrating our masculine-feminine differences. Debbie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Michelle. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, lovely. Why don't we start by telling us a little bit about yourself? How did you become a sex coach? Yeah, so I am a happily married woman these days, but back in the day, I was, I, and, you know, I grew up in a, a divorced family, divorced for largely reasons of sexuality, I understand later. Then I ended up breaking up my daughter's home because I could no longer endure to be in, in, a, in a love starved, sex starved marriage. And I really thought, you know, I mean, I'm, I wanted to be a divorce buster. I wanted to help people stay together. And I was an, an attorney at the time. And I'm like, how can I help people stay together? And so I, my wonderful husband, after we had discovered sacred sexuality and Tantra, and it was so life-changing, I said, this... Everybody needs to know this, how to connect in the bedroom is often the key, the glue to keeping couples happy and loved, increasing your energy levels and vibration and such and, and happiness. So I went in a total different direction and became an intimacy coach. And I believe that the woman has so much power in the relationship to create a loving, sexy dynamic that I only work with women. I work with women who want 
want to create sexy, loving marriages. And a lot of the blocks that we experience are also coming from our own heads and are not necessarily a couple's problem. So again, by working with the woman alone, we can totally shift the dynamic of the relationship. So it's my passion as a romantic, Michelle. I'm a romantic. I'm a romantic too. (laughs) Such a sucker for romance. (laughs) I love it. And I love how you approach women as opposed to the couple, right? Because I know from my own experience that when I am up in my own head about sex or my body or my sexuality, it just shuts me down cold. Exactly. Right. It's definitely true for a lot of the listeners of this podcast and that many of our listeners are women who have struggled with their weight um, or their body shape or their body size for decades. And that often manifests as a poor body image and subsequent to that, no sexy times in the bedroom anymore. Yeah, it's totally it's totally common. There's there's so many things that can block a woman's sexual pleasure and you know feeling confident and things like that. And it's it's not only weight. Probably love if, if it wasn't your weight, it'd probably be something else, right? There's so many potential blocks for women, including like you said, getting all up in your head. Our brains are kind of wired to be processing a lot of thoughts at once, and it's very hard to get in the the mindset often for sensuality. I mean, it could be the basket of laundry that needs to be folded. It could be the kids. It could be your job stress. So in addition to your weight, it could be a lot of, of potential things preventing you from being fully present and in your senses as opposed to being caught up in your thoughts and judgment and anxiety. For sure. And Debbie, do you have any suggestions on how women who are all caught up in their heads can can kind of step outside of that and be present in their body and be available for intimacy and sexuality? Yeah. So it's, it's a process, right? Kind of like meditation is a process. It takes a while to calm the the busy mind. So it might take different approaches. You might start, we might start with reducing your stress levels, stress being number one libido killer for both men and women. When we feel stressed, overwork, anxious, we lose the energy or mindset for intimacy. So we might consider lifestyle changes, things like you, you advocate exercise, it boosts your mood, it lowers your stress, mm-hmm. increases adrenaline, um, makes you feel better about your uh, endorphins. I mean, it makes you feel better about your body, more confident. And it also gets blood flow to the genitals. So it's like, it's quadruple yeah. benefit, right? And, and so it might be, you know, helping to encourage you to see the exercise benefits to you reducing stress and to your love life. It also mm-hmm. might be about self-care, taking care of yourself, doing things that make you happy and put you in a good mindset. So when you show up less stressed in a better mood, not only are you more likely to be more optimistic about making love to your lover, you also kind of draw them to you because your partner loves it when you are happy and in a good mood, right? Right. For sure. So we would do positive psychology in addition to, mm-hmm. you know, things that, that are specifically sexual, just showing up happier in a good mood, more taking care of yourself, less run down, more grateful, maybe even mm-hmm. gratitude practices could help boost your mood. Right. For sure. And in terms of gratitude practice, I think it's, it's gratitude for your partner, also gratitude for yourself and your own body and what your body is able to 
um, provide you in your life? Sure. That would be a great exercise would be instead of always being critical of your body for not looking the way you'd like it to look at all the wonderful things it can do for you. Look at the way your arms can embrace your child or your partner. Look at the way your, you know, your body experiences such delight and show gratitude towards it. Uh, acceptance. We might not need to immediately move into like, love, love, love. I love this about my body, but accepting it. Like this is a human body. This is what a human body looks like, you know, (laughs) and knowledge that nobody's is perfect. And, you know, women of all sizes struggle with sexuality. I mean, four out of 10 women have challenges with either orgasm, low desire, or even pain, as you know, as as an MD, right? Four out of 10 regularly suffer from those things. So it might not just be your weight. It's just that female sexuality can be complex, but there are plenty of things that can be done to increase your mindset, right? Because the most important sexual organ for us is our brains, how we view ourselves, our lovers, uh, whether we feel worthy and confident and and we have skills and knowledge and what we know what we need. It's, it's the brain that is our... The, the sex organ that we can impact the most. You know, it's so true. And that, by the way, is a shocking statistic. Four out of 10 women, really. Wow. This is certainly something I have experienced in my own marriage. And it all stemmed, of course, from my, well, self-hatred, really. Um, I hated my body. Um, I was... I was still overweight when I met and married my husband, but I got bigger um, over the first few years of our marriage. And I, I honestly believed like in my heart of hearts, I believed that I was undesirable and that even though my husband was, you know, moving mountains to show me how much he was attracted to me and how beautiful he felt I was, I didn't believe it. I thought he was lying. And then I thought for a while he was crazy to be attracted to me. And it just put our sex life to an absolute standstill for like a good two years. And I know like in retrospect now, when I look back on that time, it was all coming from my own head that I wasn't even coming close to allowing myself um, to be into that um, space where I could safely experience intimacy with Rob, my husband. And, you know, for the longest time, I thought there was something wrong with me. Like I, I truly did um, think that, um, you know, maybe there was something wrong with my hormones, <laughs> that, you know, the reason why I wasn't feeling desire was, you know, physical or that, you know, I was broken um, in some way. And, it was certainly a process for me to, to start working through that, um, with Rob, but you know, it was me, I had to do a lot of the work, um, on the inside to kind of change the way, um, I was thinking about, you know, myself and, and our marriage. Yeah. Yeah. I love that that you shared that about Rob too. And that should be a, a relief for a lot of the listeners is, you know, especially when you're, if, if your partner's a man, as studies have been done, done where they ask married men what what do they most want sexually from their woman, and the thing is they want a, their woman to enjoy herself. 
They want her to have as much fun as he's having to enjoy his lovemaking to the point where they actually desire him. So that's her perfect body does not even make it on a short list of men. They want you to show up enthusiastic. They want you to be pleasable, right? So that they can please you and they want you to want him. So that again is within our control. That's a mindset shift. Is that liberating to hear that? It, it is so liberating to hear that. And what's, what's funny is, you know, when I coach women around this, they will always say exactly what I just said to you that, you know, my husband thinks I'm the sexiest woman alive. And I mean, you know, clearly men are wanting more than just a, a certain specific body type. And yet us women who are living in, in bigger bodies tend to fall into this trap of believing that it's our body that is um, putting the brakes on the sexuality in our marriage. And that's clearly not the case. You know, as a doctor, Michelle, this is a good question for you. I think that estrogen makes us judgy on ourselves, anxious, judgy, our, our minds racing, right? So we can't, we're not focused in many ways, like a man, like a man, he's aroused. He's in the moment, right? So true it's harder yeah. for us. And I think it's the impact of estrogen versus testosterone. What do you think? Mm -hmm. You know, I think that could very well play a role in this for sure. Um, but I also think that at least in my experience as a sexual woman, that sexuality is so complicated, right? It's, it's wrapped up in hormones for sure. And the self-talk that we're giving ourselves in our brain, um, it's, it's wrapped up in our stress levels and how we're showing up in the marriage and like 50,000 other things going on as well. Um, I know one of the things that really helped my husband and I, when we were working through this was actually setting aside time to just be together and not necessarily together sexually, but just spending time together when there were no expectations of other things, right? When there were no, um, you know, family obligations getting in the way, work wasn't getting in the way. Um, we weren't on our cell phones or, you know, worried about, you know, the laundry or the house repairs or planning our next vacation or whatever the hell is, 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 is you know, and just kind of spending time. I, I agree. I recommend that to my clients too. I call that intimacy time as opposed to date night, as opposed to sex night, it's intimacy. It's, and I, and in fact, I named my business more intimacy because both men and women both crave intimacy, but we often define it differently. So you ask a woman, what does intimacy mean to you? And she will say like, connection, right? This mm -hmm. vulnerability, this sharing, this loving connection. Ask a man, what does the word intimacy mean to you? What do you think most men will say? Sex. 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 But we can't blame each other for the way we're made. You know, no one taught us that, but that's just the way we are made. Where women, we crave connection often before we are even in the mood. And a man craves sex, often like a hunger. You know, women mostly don't get that kind of hunger, except maybe around ovulation. And we can't fault him for the way he's made, that he has this drive. The entire survival of the human species is dependent on sex, right? Sex and the sex drive. But he craves, and when he hears intimacy, he craves sex because that's what often opens up his heartstrings. That opens him up to give the woman the kind of intimacy 
conversation, you know, connection, quality time that she desires. Somebody has to go first. If we're having good sex, then we're probably also having good intimacy and, and we're having good connection. We're probably having good sex. It's a right? virtuous hen in the egg cycle. So true. And that right there is also the testosterone estrogen interplay for sure. Right. But I find that interesting that creating more intimacy is important in terms of growing our sex life as well. Mm -hmm. It is often what gets the woman in the mood. But sometimes because I work with a woman, if I was, if I were coaching men, I'd be like, okay, romance, romance your woman, right? Spend quality time with her to open up the, the, um, her desire to want to make love. But because I work with the woman, I'm like, you know what? Somebody needs to go first. Let's get you over some, you know, some blocks to intimacy and sex so that you can start having, you know, more regular physical bonding. I like to use the word physical bonding or lovemaking because that's ultimately what I believe most women want is, you know, connected lovemaking. So, you know, that is a way to get the kind of intimacy connection you often crave with your husband. Because what happens is, is if, you know, in a sex-starved marriage, they're usually not like, oh, we're sex-starved marriage, but we're really affectionate and loving with each other. No, that kind of mostly dries up too, right? With a resentment, a, a shutdown, right? We build up a build up a wall. One or both of us builds up a bit of an emotional wall too. So it kind of goes downhill on all factors when the sex is turned off. Do you have any suggestions then for women who are, you know, maybe craving some intimacy in their marriage and not sure how, how to, you know, to go about bringing this up with their husbands or their partners? Yeah. I mean, I, I uh, if I put it in under three big umbrellas, one is how to take care of yourself, reduce your stress. So you show up happier and in a better mood. One of the big advantages to that, Michelle, is your husband, your husband, your man, assuming your partner's a man, probably the same if it's a woman, is drawn to you. The, the, the more cheerful, the better mood you're in, more your partner is drawn to you. So that in itself can help with the, the intimacy. The second part is learn to relate to your partner in a way that makes them really want to please and delight you. So kind of unlearn patterns, you know, like a lot of couples they end up competing with each other instead of, you know, uh, uh, being on the same team, how to, you know, what, what women usually crave is some form of like connection and being seen and being chosen, but men are desperate to be respected and appreciated. So how to relate to your man in a way that you wouldn't necessarily relate to another woman, but in a way that your man wants to be treated so that he in turn wants to treat you the way you crave and you increase the masculine feminine dynamic, the polarity, the attraction, the desire for each other when you uh, don't fight it, but you go with the flow that you are different in that area. And then the third area has to do with all the the blocks to bliss and uh, finding your own sexual empowerment, your own path to turn on because female sexuality is complicated. Um, there's, you know, like our, our orgasm is not necessary for survival of the species. Our bodies take a lot longer, about 10 times on average to be aroused than a man. And then we have that busy, busy head of ours and also what our heart needs. So there's a lot of factors there. So what is blocking your turn on and what is your unique turn on path and how can we get more of that in your lovemaking? And there's also a big communication aspect to it too, because you can't just show up in the bedroom and be like, 
I don't know what I like, but I know I don't want that. Right. <laughs> so I mean, right. It's, a, it's a sensitive and partners are sensitive to criticism. So how do you approach it as sexual explorers together as a team, as lovers? That's an art too. It's an art. It's a science and it's a learned skill. And that is exactly what turned around the sex life in my own marriage with Rob as well, was making this decision to explore it together. And it was, you know, definitely a journey for us um, because he thought he could just, how do I say this? He would get very angry at me whenever I said something negative about my body. And then he would actually get fairly emotional when I told him, you know, I think, I think you're lying or I think you're crazy for finding me attractive. And so there was actually a lot of conversation that we had about how we were going to compliment each other and, you know, what he could say to me to make me feel like I could accept um, his compliments. And we actually did spend a lot of time, um, you know, talking about the expectations that we were now putting on ourselves for, you know, in terms of our sex life and how even just having those expectations just felt like too much pressure on both of us to, to perform. And so at some point we decided that we were just going to let it be what it was going to be. We actually said, you know what, we don't have to have any sex in our marriage. And, you know, somehow that just took all of the pressure away and we were able to start um, exploring with each other. Um, and I would say in a matter of a month, maybe two at the most, our, you know, sex life went from zero to a hundred just because we took all of those expectations away. And it's been nothing but playful and fun, you know, since we, we made that turnaround and it's actually really helped me. And I think, um, you know, a lot of listeners will appreciate this, that it's, it's really actually helped me accept my body because I've been able to enjoy it, like truly enjoy sex with Rob and be grateful for this body. Um, and you know, feel absolutely beautiful and adored and worshiped whenever we're being into with each other. It's been such an amazing transformation for me. Oh, that's a lovely, sweet story. And it started with you figuring out what compliments that you could actually believe, right? Correct. So yes. That, that's a yeah. lovely start. I do that. I do something similar like exercises with my clients, the same thing. You got to take the pressure off of, you know, intercourse and a lot of times the, the men are also struggling in this area. Let's face it, 40% of men in their 40s have ED challenges, 50% in their 50s, 60% in their 60s. So that will compound it so much more than the woman will feel like, oh, it's me, right? Because, well, that's the way we are. So it takes the pressure off of both you and your man if you are engaging in pleasurable touch, uh, as opposed to always having the expectation of like penis and vagina intercourse. So she, so for instance, an exercise might be that you relax in his arms and he massages, you know, your breasts, taking his time, you know, and you have soft candlelight and you set the context of the room and the setting and it's nice and cozy. And, you know, that's also so important is, you know, having it set up, it smells nice. The sheets are clean. The, there's no laundry piled on the, in the basket right there. So you set a beautiful context and you make a ritual out of it. And this is like a tantric, you know, tantric is so beautiful for, for women because it's a ritual aspects of it and honoring of the partner. So maybe he would, he would lie and you would just relax and he would um, 
massage your breasts while paying you a you know a couple compliments like what he loves about them and you just get to receive so that's also part of it is realizing that your husband your man is taking pleasure in touching you and in giving you pleasure and it's not about a performance right it could just be about learning to receive intimate touch and and the compliments that 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 hit with you and such without like, oh, am I getting turned on? Is it am I going to orgasm? Is it going to, you know, that's all pressure and, and such, but just being present in the moment. Mm-hmm. And a lot of a lot of what helped me when we were working through this as well was exactly as you said, just learning how to receive touch from Rob as well. And we found during those months when we were when we were sorting ourselves out that even outside of the bedroom, we were holding hands more. Um, we were hugging more. Um, you know, there was more cuddling when we were watching a movie, you know, just, you know, touch outside of the bedroom as well. Um, that really helped me, um, also. And, you know, when he was touching me and simultaneously paying me compliments, I was so much more willing to accept those compliments. It just felt, I don't know, it felt more, it felt more genuine, um, to me. Right. And words are so important. You know, everybody's kind of accepted men are very visual, men are visual, right? But women are very oral, A-U-R-A-L, oral. We love oral sex. We love sweet, sweet words turn us on. That's why romance novels have always been an aphrodisiac for (laughs) women women. and porn for men, unfortunately. Don't, Don't get me started on porn, but yeah. That's uh yeah, no, don't get me started on porn either. Um, I know. <laughs> I, I think it's thoughts there too. I'm but, a romantic. See, that's the thing. Okay, you know, yeah. porn, it's here to stay, unfortunately. It's more and more mm-hmm. prevalent. And but I I don't like it because I'm a romantic and I'm an intimacy coach for women. And I just say there's see, there's no loving, honoring, cherishing of women in porn. There's not even a plot. Yeah, it's, right. Teaching yeah. bad uh, habits and thinking that that's how women get turned on when it's not. No, no. In fact, you know what turns me on when Rob says he loves my big brain? Honestly, that is the best compliment he can pay me. If he says that, you know, that's lovely because that's for, right? who you are. Yeah. I mean, the body is the vehicle that transports us. It is an element of pleasure, but who you are yeah. is largely your brain and your heart. I, I love it when my husband says, you know, I love your heart. Oh, right. You're yeah, a that's good beautiful. Person. You know, like he mm-hmm. says, you're a good person or you're beautiful mm-hmm. on the inside. I love that too. Right. And I think it's like, do you have any tips on how women could talk about this with their partners? Because I think in my experience anyway, with men, what they want to do is compliment your body. And if you're living in a bigger body and you don't feel comfortable in that body, it's hard to accept compliments about the body. So if you need to hear other things from your partner to feel desired and wanted and open to, to loving, do you have any tips there? Absolutely. So I'm married to a man of few words, like a lot of us are, right? <laughs> and I have had to employ the art of fishing for compliments and I've gotten over it, right? So I 
you know, I, I, there's an art to fishing for compliments and get over your resentment that he didn't voluntarily do that. Right. Men are frequently not as verbal when it comes to that stuff as we are. So I do like a, a Holly Golightly from breakfast at Tiffany's. Well, how do I look? You know, I, I, <laughs> if I'm fixed up, I'm not going to count on him to notice, wow, you look beautiful tonight. No, I will make an entrance and I will say, how do I look? <laughs> they always say gorgeous or something like that. And I'll be like, good enough. I had to fish for it, but I was proactive enough that I didn't just <laughs> sit around resentful that he didn't compliment me. Right. <laughs> so most men will rise to the occasion when asked a direct question. That's just kind of their nature. So learn the art of fishing for a compliment, you know, like that. <laughs> or, you know, what do you, what do you love about me? Oh yeah. Fair enough. What do you mm. like? What do you love about my body even? No. He'll come, up, he'll come up with some lovely things. Assuming you're married to, you know, you're with a good guy. And most of us are married to good guys. If we give them the benefit of the doubt, we assume good intentions on them. We're mostly with good guys, but they're not perfect. And they're not women. You know, they're, they're not mind readers. They don't know what it's like to be us. They don't know what it's like to be in our female body, which is complicated. So we got to give them some help. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, fair Let enough. Them. Let, let's help them to please us. Let's help them to be our, our prince or our king. Uh, they're, they're not born knowing this. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I think I, I read, maybe it was on your website or something, a, a statement that, oh, what was it? Men are not big, hairy women. That was the one that I was looking for. Yes. Men are not. And of course, not only women. do we yeah. look at them like they are, well, why aren't they acting right? Because this is how a woman <laughs> would act, right? Mm-hmm. We act like we think that they are misbehaving. They're, <laughs> when they're not, they just look at the world differently. They look at the world through man-colored glasses. And well, we need they, to understand that. And it's a, compl- it's a compliment to us instead of trying to get them to act more like us. Right. And they also don't seem to need as much time to preheat the oven, so to oh, speak. Yeah. That, that like women, I say, when it comes to sex, right? men are like yeah. microwaves. Women are like crockpots. Ah, uh, I like that analogy. Yeah. So we yeah. have to figure out ways that work with both of us. We can't just resent each other. I mean, just like we don't mm-hmm. want him to resent us because we take 10 times as long, perhaps, to get our motors going. Um, we also can't, you know, deny the fact that, wow, he's, you know, our man has a stronger desire than us frequently. And, you know, Mm. he can get, he loves a quickie once in a while. So maybe we compromise. Maybe we have slow, conscious, gourmet lovemaking on the weekends and we have a quickie or two during the week. Mm -hmm. Right. We're all happy. We're all happy. Yeah. Um, one of just to pivot the conversation a little bit is one of the roadblocks that many of the women that I coach run into is not even allowing themselves to be in their body when they're alone. Right. I I've, I've talked to women who are afraid to get massages because they just don't, that they, they just feel too ashamed to be in a bigger body. And so one of the things that we often work on is doing things like getting massage or exercising a little bit more, not for the benefits that we 
always attribute to exercise, but just to experience being in your body um, a little bit more, because I think that's a prerequisite to healthy intimacy as well, right? It's yeah, just it's so feeling true. like you can be in your body. Um, do you have any suggestions on, on how women can practice embodiment a little bit more? Yeah, I have many. It's actually a main hallmark of my coaching. If you saw that article I wrote for the Association of Marriage and Family Therapists on the six things that women need Mm -hmm. for connected, pleasurable sex lives, one of them Mm -hmm. is embodiment, which is exactly what you described. It's the ability to get out of your head and into being present in the moment. So it's like on a time continuum too, where we're not thinking about the past or worried about the future. So being present in the present moment and in your body, in your senses. And how do you do it? Well, there's elements of breath work. As you know, we can calm our our nervous system with breath work and meditation and things like that. But we can also get onto our body through movement, dance, you know, moving, yoga, those kind of things. We can also get into our body through touch, sensual touch. It doesn't always have to be sexual, but it could be erotic touch, but it could also be sensual touch, maybe just a light feathery touch on your skin and noticing how good it feels. And by the way, you can increase your sensitivity. A lot of women um, feel numb, right? Our bodies Mm -hmm. can go numb if we, if we neglect them or if we have trauma, uh, they can go numb, but you can increase the sensitivity to touch. There's also sound and imagination. So many of these are kind of tantric things where you would use like a combination of uh, rather than lie there in bed, let's say, I mean, and lying there and just, you know, okay, bring it on, whatever he's bringing on. And frequently what he'll bring is a very masculine form of lovemaking that will get you frustrated. <laughs> and, you know, right. So, so we have responsibilities for kind of, you know, for, for doing more than just showing up, but also having an idea, knowing what we like and getting into it. So if we're making love with a combination of breath, and movement and even sounding, those are ways to get out of our head, right? If we're focusing Mm. on breath, movement, sound, now we're not thinking about, you know, our cellulite. We are thinking about our breath, how pleasurable this is, the touch of our lover, you know, Mm -hmm. his, his muscles, his body, our, you know, our bodies, we are, we are kind of distracting ourselves with other things besides just our thoughts. And it's a practice, you know, we're learning to breathe, to move, to, to experience touch, sound, imagination, perhaps, but they're all great replacements for our judgy, anxious brains. Right. Excellent. Great replacements. Dancing. I love that. I love that. Um, Oh yeah. Ecstatic dance, for instance, dancing like nobody's looking. I'll dance I'll dance in lovemaking with my husband sometimes, you know, like he doesn't, you know, he, he just, let's put it this way. Once men get married, they don't go out as dancing as much as they used to, right? (laughs) But I like to dance. So sometimes I'll dance for him. I'll dance. Um, I will dance on top of him. I do a thing called ecstatic dance in bed where I will straddle him and I will dance because I feel like dancing and the music inspires me to dance and it puts me in a good mood. So he just gets to relax and enjoy. That sounds amazing. I might have to 
to read up on that a little bit and, and give give that a go. I made it up. So you read it up. You can just check them. <laughs> Fair enough. I just might make up my own <laughs> version of it then. I know. Um, Rob and I actually love dancing. So that this would be perfect. Yeah, no one says you have to both dance. You could dance circles around him. He could just stand oh, there and you could enough. dance circles around him or dance yeah. on top of him. Yeah, we actually found a program on the internet a while ago, like a dance lessons. Like you can just download these videos and, you know, learn how to do, I think it was country swing or, or something. Um, and it just, we have so much fun doing that. And it always leads to a trip upstairs to the bedroom afterwards every single time. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> Definitely something to that. Yeah. Dancing is romantic. Just eye gazing together quietly, you know, without talking is romantic too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for there's, sure. There's more to yeah. romance than just talking. Talking is often our love language as yes. a woman, right? Talking is our love language, but there's many ways to connect with a man that don't necessarily require a reliance on talk, talk, talking. <laughs> fair, fair enough. <laughs> no, you mentioned that embodiment was one of six ways to enjoy um, a better sex life. Do you want to talk about some of the other ways? Yeah. So the first is knowledge, which because most of us didn't get a uh, sex ed that was pleasure-based, right? We got, don't get pregnant kind of stuff. Right. That's exactly what we got. Yep. Diseases, you know, scary stuff. So we have to have knowledge of what is the difference, like what's the difference between libido, desire, and arousal. They're all three different things, but people just put it in together like sex drive or something and, and expect it to just turn on um, when it's not really the case. So understanding everybody is individual. So personalized knowledge in addition to general knowledge. Then we have worthiness and creativity is the, I'm not worthy, sorry, worthiness and confidence is my next category, right? Because if we have shame and guilt and judgment in our head, then nothing's going to turn us on. The poor, pity the fool that tries to turn us on when we feel guilty and shamed and judgy, all that oh, stuff. Pity yes. the fool. <laughs> right. That was, that was my problem right there. Yep. <laughs> right. So as we've mentioned, as you've, you know, as you coached yourself and as I coach other women, we need to get out of our judgment and do things like keeping our self-love tank full, self-compassion, connection, not perfection, you know, mm -hmm. practices that enable us to feel worthy and confidence despite whatever uh, relationship, body, uh, things, performance, you know, that we have. We can always, you know, increase our worthiness and confidence. The next one is time. You discovered that with your husband. A great mm -hmm. sex life doesn't just happen. It needs priority yep. and time. We need yep. time to get aroused and understand that it does take uh, frequently our bodies longer and we need to prioritize it. So we're not just, you know, waiting until 11 o'clock at night when we tumble into bed exhausted. We need to exactly. devote time yep. to it. So your coach holds you accountable for time, you know, <laughs> that too. I mean, there's accountability right? and support with coaching. And also mm -hmm. simply talking about sex normalizes it. Most people don't have very good conversations around sexuality and pleasure, and we're normalizing it. We're even coming up with fun nicknames for our genitals and things that feel sexy and honoring, right? As opposed to like down there or using terms you hear in porn, right? We are normalizing sexuality here. Then there's or me being overly clinical in my language. That happens sometimes too. There you go. <laughs> you expect your doctor, right? So... <laughs> And we've already mm -hmm. talked about embodiment, 
Mm-hmm. Get the importance of getting out of your head and into your pleasure and in your senses into the moment. Then there is creativity. So that means, you know, what do you, how do you know what turns you on if you never tried it? Right. Um, getting rid of bedroom boredom. That's a big issue. Boredom for both genders. And then the biggest, to me, one of the most important ones is emotional connection because we don't just want, you know, to get pounded. We want to be made love to, don't we? <laughs> Indeed we do, right? I mean, that could include pounding, but you know, it's like, <laughs> but if we don't feel yeah. safe, Michelle, right? Yeah. If we don't feel safe in our relationship, we are unlikely to feel in the mood. So how do we create a relationship? That's why relationship coaching and male-female dynamics and such is a big part of my coaching because how do we connect with our partner in a way that we both feel safe? We let down our armor, you know, that our resentments so that we can actually make love. And so emotional connection is the sixth uh, section I have. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that. And one of the the tenants of all of the programs inside Ways of Health is encouraging women to live their full lives, including their full sexual lives right now in the body that they have right now and not waiting until, you know, waiting until they lose weight or waiting until they can fit into a beautiful lingerie piece they have, or, you know, waiting until they think that, you know, things are, are in the perfect position to um, embrace a sex life or to even go looking for a partner with whom to share a sex life. Right. And so I think, I hope that what we've um, made clear in this podcast and in this interview today is that women can take steps to enjoy their sexuality right now, just as who they are right now. And a lot of what we do inside our coaching is um, giving women the tools that they need to feel safe in their in their bodies. Because I think women have to feel safe in their own bodies before they can explore feeling safe with a partner. Yeah. Excellent points. Excellent points. And I and taking it back to the the fact that why wait? Well one, you're you're if you're assuming you're in a relationship, I mean you you can't wait. You can't have a sex starved marriage. They usually <laughs> don't end well, right? And then you're going right. to find yourself out yeah. on the Tinderverse. You're going right. to find yourself on Tinder, but you don't really enjoy sex. Oh my goodness. You know what I mean? Come on. This is, you need this for your the health of your relationship. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a question of not even just waiting until you feel desire. It's like, this is something for the health of your relationship, of your your love, your life satisfaction. What could be better than a loving, connected relationship? So yeah, time is of the essence. Um, yeah, agreed. And this is your life force, is your sensuality, your sexuality. And like I said, if, I hope it helps to know that for, for most men, they want you to be delighted to be there. They want you to enjoy his lovemaking. And so all of those six things I said, do you have the knowledge? The, are you showing up with confidence, t- giving it time, being in your body, um, a- emotionally connected? All of those things are largely within your control. Mm-hmm. And that I think that right there is the best piece about all of this is that it is in our control. Right. We, we, we can decide to take all of the steps to to look at all of those six little elements that you shared with us and take control of our own sex lives. Right. I love yeah. it. 
hard to do. I mean, that's why you and I were passionate about helping people in this area because it often does take support. It takes normalization of sexuality. If you have a trauma past, then work on that in therapy because you need to, you know, potentially heal yourself, get support, get knowledge, have practices similar to weight loss. You know, it's also hard. It's, it's easy. What does they say? It's, it's easy. Wait, it's, it's simple, but it's not easy. Right. Exactly. Right. (laughs) But actually I would go further. I would say female sexuality and relationships and male, female dynamics. They are actually complex. I don't think they are actually complicated. They are. Even the female anatomy is not that simple. So so I would say, okay, so get, you know, get support. If that, if you, if you can, you know, speak to an expert, I I'm available to help. I offer women a complimentary consultation and I have a quiz on my, on my website, there's a quiz, what's blocking your bliss? So you can see which of these six elements is like the top blocks to you. You know, is it that I don't feel safe and connected to my partner? Is it that I don't feel confident or I can't get out of my distracted head, which is your biggest block to bliss, I call it. Uh, so yeah, my moreintimacy.net uh, website, there's a quiz, what's, your, what's yours? Um, and that way it puts you in touch with me you know, and I put out resources that can help. And I have a Facebook group that has several thousand women in it that also share openly about, you know, challenges they have. And I share advice that like people are like, they never thought of that before. And challenges like this weekend, do this with your, you know, with your beloved and people were back. This has been so life-changing. Why, why didn't I never thought of that before? Oh, well, Debbie, that is amazing. And I will be sure to put a link to that quiz and your website and your Facebook group as well into the show notes of this episode. So any women who need to find you know exactly where to go. <laughs> to reach you. <laughs> Thank you, Michelle. It's been a pleasure. Wonderful. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Amen to all of that. I hope you learned as much as I did in that interview with Debbie. If you'd like to know more about Debbie and her work on sexuality and intimacy, head on over to her website, www.moreintimacy.net. She's got a great quiz over there to help you unblock your bliss and lots of resources to get you started on creating loving, sexy relationships. Now, we talk about relationships and intimacy frequently in our coaching calls inside the Nourish Yourself Body and Mind coaching program. So if you'd like to know more about how you can be a part of that, please feel free to book a consult call with me anytime. Just head on over to waysofhealth.com and click on book a call and we can get you started. All right, that's it for this week. I look forward to being back here again with you next week with another amazing interview. Have a good one.